0: Welcome everybody to the next episode of Chiefs Focus First and 10. You are here with JP and Caleb on a beautiful Monday night. How you doing, bro? I'm doing alright, man. Just dealing with the allergies. How are you doing? Same exact problem. If we both sound like shits, because we both got allergy issues. So um It's crazy you miss for that. Take your medicine one day and look what happens to you. Yeah, man. Face <laughs> got a cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean our problem out here is it was 60. 64 degrees mm-hmm. on Saturday, and it was 93 today.
1: Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I can do that change. 30, oh, okay. almost 30 degrees. Yeah, yeah, man. I just missed taking my allergy medicine one day. Somehow I forgot. Next thing I know, boom.
0: Oh, so, I know <laughs> it. It'll kick yeah. your butt. Well, but, the reason we're having this quick impromptu show is because there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter about Julio Jones, Brashad Breland, all the trade rumors, scenarios or lack thereof scenarios, just outright goofiness. And when it really all comes down to it, it's a matter of numbers. And it's a matter of who plays the game the right way. I don't know any other way of saying this. So I know you know because you and I have talked about this and there was something put out today about Julio Jones. Well, not something. A lot of things put out about Julio Jones today. And a lot of it had to do with what our cap is right now, per the NFLPA, which is never completely consistent. No matter what anyone says, it could it's say it's not one... set in stone. It's never set in stone. Um, Julio Jones and he did something today. It was actually kind of comical with uh, Shannon Sharp. Thought it was pretty good. Um, Shannon called him live on air, and he basically just. <laughs> He made the Cowboys and Skip Bailiff look like idiots. Um, it was funny. It was funny. And I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, just given the fact that he says, you know, basically he said, you know, if he wants to stay in Atlanta, he said he doesn't want to stay there and he doesn't want to go to the Cowboys. I want to win. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah, that's basically – I thought that was kind of funny yeah. that Shannon did that because I have never expected to see that happen on no. air – but this honestly is a way how we should actually know how the players feel sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we need to
1: hear what they have to say. Okay, yeah. You guys say okay, they, they can speak something through their agent. You're not gonna get the same passion behind behind their voice unless you actually hear it. So when you saw saw that, at Julio Jones said, "I'm out of there. He yeah. doesn't want to be the Falcons, and he really don't want to be the Cowboys. He wants to win. If Julio wants to win and go to Super Bowl and win, he needs to come to Kansas City. Yeah, Atlanta barbecue." Land oh, of the Doves. This is the greatest place on earth. It is. He needs to come to Kansas City if he really wants to win.
0: Uh, you know, and it's still different than what Aaron Rodgers did today. You know, he was Kenny Mayne's last guest, apparently, on his show. And um, Kenny Mayne asked him, you know, this is, "You know, what made you join the show? He says, oh, I'm just here, so I won't get fined. That's funny <laughs> shit. It I don't is. care who you are. That's funny, man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is funny anyway, but that's funny. Regardless, this post that went out today... You know about the, you know our salary cap and what we have left in our, you know, numbers. Okay, it's it's a scenario. Okay, it's it's a what if. It's it's there's nothing set in stone when it comes to the nine point four million dollars that the you know, NFLPA or anybody else says that we have. That is a number that is basically just on paper right now. There's so much time left. There's nothing set in stone. There's a lot of time left in this season. Uh, or in this off season, I should say there's a lot of things that can happen between now and August and I just get so frustrated with all of the chatter and the crap that flies out of people's mouths it really honestly doesn't mean a whole lot look I'm going to say this the salary cap is a myth okay it's, we've proven that it's how you manage the salary cap It's a, I mean it, it, it's a number okay it's there is a number there there is a cap but that cap can be manipulated in so many different ways, and we proved, we've proven this time and time again, over the last two and a half, three years. So, as far as Julio is concerned, okay, I'm gonna break this down. Now, I don't want anybody to take this for any kind of admission that he's coming here, or that I know he's coming here, or anything of that nature, because that's not how I'm, why I'm wording it this way, or why I'm even bringing it up. I'm doing it for basically just reality stake, okay? I mean, that's all it really is. It's just a reality check. So, right now, the cap hit for Julio Jones for Atlanta is $23 million, Mm. okay? Now, let me me break this down. So, it's basically $23 million. Let me me word it a different way. That way it doesn't sound so enormous. So, for the next season, it'll be $23 million if they keep him. That's his salary for this next upcoming season. Okay? Now, Atlanta can work this different ways to fix this problem. Okay? So, Julio Jones is going to have a $23 million cap hit next season, which is meaning the 21-22 season. Um, The thing with Atlanta is, right now, they're going to have a $25 million cap hit uh, to get under just to add to their talent, sign their rookies sign Mm -hmm. their free agents and everybody else that they've got to try and rebuild this team with cutting him is definitely not an option okay, that can't happen oh yeah, they will have have no
1: room to finagle or work with anything
0: well if they cut him, you got to look at it like this they'll lose 15 million and they'll have 38 million in dead money okay, it's just that simple that's their dead cap space, okay? Dead money, just dead. It has nowhere to go. There's nothing they can do. Now, if they were to cut him post June first, they gain zero cap, but it is about it. It's still a twenty-three million dollar in dead money, no matter how you look at it, okay? Now let's look at it in a different perspective. This is what I posted earlier on Twitter because I was trying to counteract something that was said, which made. I don't know, some sense, and then not at all really, but regardless. Okay, so if they trade him, trade people post-June 1st, this is a trade scenario, okay? This is the best-case scenario for Atlanta at this point. He doesn't want to be there. They want to trade him because Mm -hmm. they need the money. It's that simple. Originally, they thought they were going to get a first. He's a 32-year-old wide receiver. With they're they're three, not going to get a first. They're not going to get a they're
1: first. Not, if he was like a 30, 30, 31, 30, yeah, 31, maybe. they would maybe but a sweep out like a a basically a early second round pick between 27 and 32.
0: Correct. So if you look at it from that scenario, okay, and say they take, they trade him post June 1st, they'd lose about $200,000 in, $200, in cap space, okay? They would carry 23 million of dead money. Now that's prior. That's that's I'm sorry, I take that back. That is pre-June first. Now, if they do this post June first, okay, after June first, they'll actually gain 15 million in cap space, and they'll only have seven million in dead space. Dead cap space. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the best case scenario for these guys. For for the Atlanta. And for Julio, for that matter, and really for Nick, for a smart GM and a smart team that goes after him, there's so many different scenarios that you can work this to make it work for a team that has a little bit of cap space to work with. May not want to spend it all, kind of mm-hmm. like how we are for the most part. And so still let, come out ahead. So let, on let me both
1: sides. ask you this, just to kind of dumb it down for the fans, because I understand kind of what you're talking about. So basically, you're saying. If Atlanta trades or cuts Julio Jones before June 1st, it's going to be a major cap hit for them as a team. If Is that correct? Well, basically, it's, it's,
0: it's going to be... It's more of a dead money scenario than it is so a major it's going to mess cap up. hit.
1: So, basically, if they do something Julio Jones before June 1st, their cap's going to be messed up for the next year or two, correct? Correct. So, so if they trade him... Cut him whatever after June first. The damage is less, but if they just outright release him, it's just terrible for the cap.
0: Well, they can't cut him at all. I mean, because oh, he's can't? got so much guaranteed money. His money. I think he's got like 66 million dollars mm-hmm. in guaranteed money. So
1: they're, you're basically saying if they cut him prior June first or after June first,
0: trade, trade only, trade oh, only. Sorry. Okay, if they trade if him, if they if cut th- him at all, he they're screwed. I well, mean, that's either I way they so I yeah.
1: So, if you're saying if they cut him prior June 1st, after June 1st, their cap is messed up. If they trade him June 1st, fir- prior June 1st, it's not going to work out with them financially. But if they trade him after June 1st, that's when teams are going to target him, correct?
0: Well, certain teams, correct. Certain, and okay. that's only okay. now. You have to understand that is a team that is very savvy with contracts that can work this. And also, Julio has to agree to some of this as well. Now, the one thing that he has made very clear is he wants to go to a winner, okay? He wants to go to a contender. So, and again, people, I don't want you to think for one second that I'm saying he's coming here tomorrow, anything like that. Am I saying it's very possible? It is. I mean, best case scenario, really, in with, in my opinion, if he was going to go somewhere, it'd probably be the Packers, but I don't know if he's going to go to the Pats simply because... From what I understand now, they don't really want to trade within that division. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I would much rather, if I was the Falcons, I would take a situation post-June 1st, after June 1st. I don't lose $23 million. I don't lose $38 million. I don't lose anywhere near that. I trade him for a second-round pick. And then whatever team that it may be, you work it out with that team that, 30 to 50% of whatever his salary is is split between the two teams. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you take that number. If it's whatever the case may be, just say it's, you know, 14 million, just say it's 9 million, 11.4 million, 11.5 million. If you take that number and you split it in half or you take 30% of that away, then it's feasible for a team that has, Really, $13 million in cap space mm. when it's all said and done. Not $9 million, but oh, about okay. 10 million. To be able to sign him, restructure his deal. Even if you signed him to, say, a one-year with an option or a three-year with an out. Come that third season, or even if you did a four-year, and you come to that fourth season, yes, he's going to be 35 years old. Are you going to put all your money into a 35-year-old? No, you're not. So you put. What if yourself... he has a resurgence in his career, though? <clears throat> well, even if he does, and that's great for you, then you can. What have we done? Numerous times in the past, we've put people in bonus structure contracts, incentive based contracts, and all that. All we can do is move that money around. But mm-hmm. my point is, is that Atlanta will lose about. Se- they'll have about seven million in dead cap space. They'll gain uh-huh. fifteen million dollars in real cap money. Mm-hmm. Okay, then if a You eat, they eat a portion of his salary. So then you bring, well, they're going to have to if anyone's going to trade one. They're going to have to at least half. They're going to eat maybe 30 to 40. I'm going to say 30 to 50 percent. So just say they eat 30 percent of it. So that'll Mm -hmm. bring them down to what, 9.5 million in that range Mm -hmm. in in, in cap space ahead. They can spread the 7 million in dead space around for the next two or three years, and they should be okay. They can pay their rookies, they can pay their rebuild their, to restructure their team, and they can move forward and move on with their lives. Julio can move on with his life, and everybody's happy. If you get a savvy GM that can work this deal out, and if anybody has one right now, it's the Chiefs, that can work a deal out to make this happen, and Julio agrees to this situation, which I don't know why he wouldn't, given the fact that we are a number one contender to go to the Super Bowl again this year, especially with what we've done in the offseason, and the fact that we still have the best quarterback in football, the best head coach in football, the best offensive coordinator in football, the best tight end in football, the best wide receivers in football—we got C.E.H. We've revamped our defense, except for maybe one player, one position player, I should say, or skilled mm-hmm. player. We are in a position that no one else could deny. This would be a great scenario for him. Am I saying it's going to happen tomorrow? No, I'm not. Am I going to am I even saying it's going to happen June 1st? No, I'm not. Do I say there's a chance? Hell yes. There's a chance. Now, best case scenario for the for them would be to eat the seven million, spread it out over a couple, three years, work the deal out with whatever team that may want him. Okay? And I'm saying that in air quotations. Air quotes. But, and then move on from there. Mm-hmm. The point behind this whole conversation and why we did this show is to clarify the fact that just because it says 66 million dollars on paper just because it says 38 million in dead cap space just because it says that we only have 9 million in cap you know there's so many different variables that come along with this that can change this so quickly and so easily for everyone involved including the falcons including Julio and including the Chiefs organization or other organizations out there that may have a little bit of room and need somebody. This is not as difficult as everybody in the media is making this out. And some of the fanboys on Twitter, Mm
1: -hmm. okay?
0: These couch GMs that think they understand everything because they read something on Google. It's not that difficult. And all you're basically trying to say is that in mm-hmm. order for the
1: Falcons to actually be in a favorable position and trade him, it's gonna have to be after June 1st. They can't cut him because the dead money is that extreme yeah. and he's gonna be traded to a contender most likely. Because right. it said earlier today, Julio wants to win. And as crazy as it was, Shannon Sharp is a mastermind. He called yes. him up in the middle of the show. That's but I I mean
0: I love Shannon. Some
1: people I mean, I love him too. Some people say this is tampering, but I'm like, look, we need to hear what the players really think. We need to see what's going on in these meetings because we can only hear, oh okay we could player can tweet I don't want to be here or they can have their their quote unquote um manager or their agent say something. We need to hear them say a mo- hear them say it like we heard Julio. I mean that just means so much more. You no, know, he wants to go to a contender. Okay, you want to come to the contender, you got Green Bay, you got the pack, sorry, you got you got Green Bay, you got Kansas City, you got a couple other teams out there. That yep. are probably going to want you. Now, it's going to be interesting, though, JP. Someone, saying who, someone said Julio wants to play with Cam Newton. The only way I'm seeing that deal get done is if Julio, if it's a player swap in a way. The Patriots trade their cornerback, and I forgot his name. He's really, really, you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I do. I can't think of his name right now, but I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, His name slipped my mind right now. These um, allergies are kicking
1: my ass. No, shoot, shoot. Uh, I'm dealing with it, too, man. Don't worry about that. No, like, the, um, I forgot his name. It's not Patterson. Oh, man. No. But basically what I'm saying, they're going to have to do, like, a player swap if they want to get something to go out. And the player I'm looking at, and it's right here. Oh, man. Stephon Gilmore. There. Oh, yeah, Gilmore. They, yeah. If this was because... Bill Belichick's been trying to kind of get rid of Gilmore for last season. Yeah. Julio wants to get be gone. So that's a move that could happen. You trade Julio for Stephon Gilmore, do some pick swaps, trade some picks. There, That's one destination I think that's very possible that maybe some people have kind of thought about, but not really.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, I know that, you know, it may not... As far as Atlanta is concerned, I don't know if they want to so much trade um, Julio to the Patriots. Okay, I, 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 I have heard that. But again, the Patriots are a good football team on paper right now,
1: oh, for but sure. it's still going to take
0: a little bit of time for them to acclimate all these new players and get... Every, I mean, they're not going to be a Super Bowl team this year. It's just not going to happen. Um... It, it takes a little time to build into that. And I mean, I'm not, I can't say it's not going to happen. There's a mm. high probability it won't happen. I'll just okay. put it that way. The Packers, on the other hand, if and only if Aaron Rodgers plays this year, which I'm kind of on the fence with this situation with Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't want to be there. He has made it perfectly clear he doesn't want to be there. He has made comment after comment after comment about not being there. And they have no defense. And they
1: have no defense. Julio's been in that situation before. At least we know the Chiefs, we have a competent defense.
0: Exactly. We I'm got not saying the other 15. defense in the
1: league are terrible, but no. we have some dogs on this defense that's going to turn it around. Well, no matter how you look at it, we got a
0: top 15 defense.
1: Easily. So, yeah, easily. easily a top 15. And the Falcons really didn't have that great of a defense in that year they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had the 28-3 lead, and that was kind of mostly due to Brady throwing the pick six and messing up. And the Falcons were able to do their thing. But look, Kansas City defense is a lot better.
0: Yeah. We have a yeah. lot
1: more leaders. 100%. I mean, we're gonna be kicking some buck this come year round. Yeah. So I am a lot of different things. I'm just saying if he really wants to come to contender, they're not gonna probably trade with the NFC, they're gonna to trade to the AFC. Yeah. Julio, you're gonna go to and come to Kansas City, man. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna to want to go to Arthur Bryan's barbecue downtown Kansas City when you first get here. Because literally you want to come a winner, a w- come to a winning team, and we have the best barbecue in the world, man. You need to come here because yeah. it'll just be an awesome. We would finally have the big body wide receiver we have always wanted, and I hope and I pray to God and I hope the Falcons do not try to make this a situation where they get as much capital as possible. He's a thirty-two. How old is he? Thirty-two or thirty-three? Thirty-two. He's thirty-two, he 32 <sighs> year old wide receiver who is really great but has struggled the last couple years in Atlanta and I feel like he hasn't reached his true potential and if he's with someone like Patrick Mahomes, the floodgates are going to open and the NFL is just going to crack in half, I'm telling you right now.
0: Uh, Without, without, I mean I tell you right now, every team in this league would explode if he ended up with us but, you know this is, just to give you guys some uh, I guess background on the conversation it started off with a, a tweet put out about what our salary cap space stands at right now, per the NFLPA, which to me, that's a number that is very skewed. It always is. It's always wrong. It It's never exact by any means. And someone asked, how much do you think Julio gets paid next year by any team? And uh, the response was, um, he's actually making a reasonable number. So whatever the team trades whatever team trades for him gets at least gets him at 15.3 million 11.5 and 11.5 again you're hoping you can keep his athletic ability up until 35 Mm -hmm. that is not so much i think it's possible it's not not 100 percent correct mm
1: -hmm. in that
0: aspect because yes if you're looking at the contract that he has right now yeah that's what it would end up being okay if if you did a trade for trade, then yeah, you're going to trade that total contract to another team, which I don't know of any team out there that's going to pay a 32-year-old $60 million. Okay, I just don't see it happening. So, um, you know, somebody said, I'm not going to mention names, but somebody popped off and said his cap, his cap hit will be $11.4 million. And I responded to this because it was kind of wrong. Um... It, it, it's uh, it, it's not. I mean, it, it can be, but it's not. Those are on numbers. I mean, those are that, those numbers are on paper. It's not exact. It also depends upon his structure by the two teams, meaning the Falcons and whoever he trades with. A post June first trade, they gain fifteen million and have seven million in dead cap space that can be stretched out, stretched out. So if he really wants to play with a contender, he they may work something out to make that happen. 30 thirty to 50% offset in salary by each team. That And then, in reality, uh, it's better than the... Uh, and, and in reality, they're better off keeping him for one more season, but that's unlikely given the, his statements.
1: Well, this do you would think be he the, could have a resurgence in Kansas City?
0: Oh, 100%. And I, I don't think he's had a bad... You know, he's, he's the best receiver they've ever had. Okay, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's the, he's the best receiver the Falcons have ever had. He's a top five receiver in the league. Even at 32, he's still a top five receiver. So, it, in in the best situation, a post June 1st trade with a team, eat seven million in cap space, spread it out, eat 30 to 50 percent or offset 30 for or 30 to 50 percent of the salary between each team, the Falcons and whoever you mm-hmm. trade with. That's would be the less lesser of two evils. If you really want to look at it, because if they go any other direction with him, I, I mean, I just spit the numbers out. It's a huge hit for the Falcons that they can't afford. No team could eat 23 million in dead cap. They couldn't eat 38 million in dead cap. They couldn't go and not. And why would you and if, say if they cut him post June 1st? They they would gain no cap space whatsoever and have a $23 million They have to trade
1: him. If they cut him, it's not going to. They they have to
0: trade him. They have to trade him. There's no possibility of them cutting him. If they cut him, they wouldn't have a football team left. It's that simple. They couldn't sign anyone else. They couldn't pay the guys that they have right now. There's nothing they can do besides trade him. But the numbers are skewed, and the numbers can be manipulated to where it works in everyone's favor Maybe not so much as far as Atlanta is concerned, because no matter how they look at it, they're gonna have dead cap space. But seven million is a hell of a lot better than 23, and 23 is better than 38. If I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna take the three, I figured I would take the seven million and maybe eat another five or six million dollars, have Julio restructure with the team that's gonna be a contender, put him under a structure, a bonus-based structure or a Super Bowl-based uh, incentive plan, and move forward. Then everybody's happy. He gets what he wants. Atlanta gets the money they need. And if we want to say the Chiefs or the Packers or whoever gets the player that they want, that's what they get. And nobody really loses. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the scenarios all over Twitter, even by these guys with check marks, it's like, I mean, I don't know if they've not watched what we've done over the last three years with everybody we've signed. Okay, look. We had no we had 14, we were 14, 17 million dollars in the hole at the beginning of this season, and we're nine million ahead still. And we've signed everybody other than Matthew
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Breland. Okay, and we can go into Breland here in just a second. Yeah, that's fine. But that's my point is that these numbers can be manipulated in ways as long as here, listen. This is the caveat of all of this. You have to have a team, number one, that is a legitimate contender. Okay, not these fake wannabe contenders, the Cowboys, people like that. You have to have a legitimate, the Rams. Now the Rams, they're going to be a little tough, but they're not, I mean, I think in the NFC, they're going to be one of the tougher teams to beat, especially if, Mm. if Green Bay falls on their ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it has to be a legitimate contender. Okay. It has to be somebody that actually, number one, has every opportunity and all the weapons and the coaching staff and the ability to be able to go to a Super Bowl. That's number one. Because that's the, n- the number one thing that Julio wants. Okay, that's his number one priority. Then you have to have a GM that is savvy enough to make this happen. Okay? I only know of one of those in the NFL right now that can make that happen. Brett and I'm Beach. not being Brett Beach. I'm not being a homer. I'd say that if he was with the freaking Raiders, as much as that pains me and I want to throw up in my shoe right now. That, I would say, if, if he if he was their GM. Which he's not, thank God, but I'm just saying. So it is a it's a it's a it's a possibility. I think that we've got a lot of time left and time will tell what ends up happening with this scenario when it comes to Julio Jones. The reason why we did this show was to get this out there and break it down for you guys so you don't just sit here and look at a check mark saying we can't do it, a check mark saying we only have this amount of money, a check mark saying it's going to cost us $60 million when it's not, or it doesn't have to, I should say. There's a lot of different scenarios that can make this a better situation for everybody involved. And it doesn't just necessarily mean taking over his entire contract and moving forward, because that's never going to Yeah, gonna that's
1: definitely not going to happen. There's so, not a team I out say that's well, 50% of that. that contract minimum has to be eaten by the, by, by the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why I'm saying that's because they gave him the contract. He doesn't want to be there. You need value. You got to at least take 50%.
0: Well, at least. Got, they've got to come up with the money. They don't have any money. They don't have anything right now. Their best case scenario, to be honest with you, which is not going to fare well with them if they do it, would be to keep him for one more season. One more season would end a lot of problems for the Falcons. But here's the issue with that. Julio's extremely unhappy. He's made them some statements now with <laughs> Shannon Sharp, genius. And then other statements that he's made that he may just up and sit for a year okay which he can think that's well gonna
1: do happen. i don't, I don't think
0: so either but i'm just saying it, it's a possibility there's so many variables that can happen during this season or with, with with this player and another players in the nfl right now i mean you got a deshaun watson that still wants to be traded regardless of the situation that he's in you got Aaron Rodgers that wants to be traded you got uh julio that wants to be traded And these are all top-tier players that really deserve to be on teams that are willing to respect them, number one, and listen to what they have to say, number two, and understand that they know the game. That's number three. And all three of those players right now are not in situations that they have any say-so with anything. They don't have a voice. And... Going somewhere else where they would have a voice would make a world of difference, not only with the way these guys play, but also with the way the NFL is viewed, okay? I mean, it's going to change the landscape of the NFL when you got three of the top players in the NFL, two especially, but three that are actually with teams that are going to make it a competition within that division, within the rest of the league. Because you got a Deshaun Watson that's played for a team that's notorious for running players. You got an Aaron Rodgers that is playing for a team that doesn't respect him, doesn't care a thing about what he has to say, and has shit on him for the last five years. Uh And then you got Julio Jones that has been trapped. Yeah, he got a fat contract. I get it. To
1: be fair, though, he he kind of played his leverage like, I want more money. And they gave it to him every time. Well, and, that, and I the guess thing. he was kind of. I don't think he accepted it, though. I, I mean honest with you too. And they gave him like, well, shoot, I mean, I'll stay here for that. Mean because I remember seeing him. That's get, my point. Like two
0: extensions by the yeah. last one, I was like, wow. Okay. Well, and that's my whole point. I don't think in a million years do I think he thought that was going to happen. I don't think he thought the Falcons were going to come back and 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 his agent went up to him and said he wants sixty six million guaranteed that they would accept that. But they did. I I I think that was like an over an overplay by his eight. Not only his eight. Hey man, he himself. got paid so. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying I think he did it for a reason. Yeah. When he originally structured that contract or tried to structure that contract, I think he did it to maybe say, okay, it's kind of like you don't want to sell something, so you way overprice it, mm-hmm. so nobody will buy it. That's kind of what I feel like he was trying to do with Atlanta. And they bought it. (laughs) You know, I don't care if it's worth 50 bucks or 100 bucks. I'm going to give you a 50 grand just because I want to. And that's kind of how I think he may have viewed it. And maybe his age viewed it the same way. And then when they accepted it, it was like, well, Well, shit, if they're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. You You know, so that's just kind of what I'm getting at with that. Now, Rashad Breeland, let's get into this a little bit, because we have... Seen some of the things he's posted on Twitter and things that people have said back to him, and it's pissing me off. I know it's pissing you off. This man deserves to be paid. He does. Okay? People can say whatever they want to say about him. I, You know, the next person that says to me, buddy, has penalties, I swear to God I'll block you because I am tired of hearing about penalties. This man plays aggressively. He is top two since 2018. Top two. OK, then the sa- Now, here's the crazy part about this. And this is what I think pisses me off with the national media and a lot of these media guys. One minute there, you know, because two years ago, uh, I'm not going to say this guy's name, but two years ago, this guy, all he did was brag about Breland being the top cornerback in the league. Mm-hmm. Then he puts out a post and this big, stupid ass article saying Uh, buyer beware CB buyer beware Rashad Breeland number one buyer beware why why because he got suspended for something stupid and and he's basically number two in the league since 2018 and yeah he plays a little aggressive I don't give a shit that dude is a beast his percentages in fact I can give them to you right now his percentages are extremely low as far as passes completed, things of that nature. He has done things that, honestly, a lot of CBs haven't. And you know it's funny? When you look at the top 5, 10, 15, 20 wide receivers are out there right now, Marcus, I mean, uh, Marcus Peters isn't one of them. So when I get into this, I get into this for a reason because it, it's frustrating. But um, here, let me just give you Take guys some. Take your time. About you. to unload a
1: bombshell, everybody. Don't yeah. worry. I'll let, let you guys time. all
0: know. So, and I, I don't want to hear targets either because that's a bunch of shit too. So, <clears throat> completion, uh, complete, uh, completion 77, targets 155. 1,100 yards on 155 targets, okay? Nine touchdowns total, total of nine touchdowns, six interceptions. His completion uh, percentage is 49.6. His total rating is 76.4. Okay, that's Breeland. Gilmore, 125 tar- completions on 245 targets, 1,446 yards, six touchdowns, nine interceptions, 51% completion, 62% rating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you got Jalen Ramsey that everybody begged to get Jalen Ramsey here. Hey
1: man, I will still take Jalen Ramsey. I'm not even gonna I, lie. Okay, well his He's numbers are half the
0: field. Well, his numbers aren't as good as Breland in most aspects. Here's the thing. You know, people bitching. Compl- There's five guys on this list: Humphrey, out. Al- I'm sorry. Let me take that. Away. One, two, three, four, five. So you got Breland, Gilmore, Ramsey, Alexander, and Humphrey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see Marcus Peters' name in there anywhere. But my I point know. is, here it is: Breland, since two, from 2018 to 2020, the top four NFL cornerbacks. Okay. This is him versus the top four, so he's top five. Mm-hmm. All right. His now. Humphrey, 158 on 283 targets. Okay, Mm -hmm. if you break that down, it's not that great. That's 1,562 yards. Alexander, 159 um, completions on 281 targets. Ramsey, 142 completions on 252 targets, six touchdowns and and five interceptions, 56.3 percentage okay that's his percentage uh, completion percentage and then you got his overall rating is 77.6 okay now that's Jalen Ramsey okay the one of the big big dogs in the league Rashad Breeland is 76.4 now take four games off of this because out of all of these CBs that are here right now they all played full 16 game seasons Breeland missed four games in 2019 OK, so if you add those four games to it and also what people have to understand is, is that when you're freaking that good, they don't target you as much. It's that simple. If you put Marcus Peters numbers up here right now, I promise you he's targeted three times as much as mm-hmm. Reeland, as as Ramsey, as Alexander, as Humphrey, as Gilmore. I guarantee you he is because he gets burned more. Mm-hmm. That's my point. It's no different than Frank Clark. <laughs> people bitch, complain, whine, and cry about Frank Clark, but how many times do you see people go towards his corner? About ten percent of the time, because they know he's going to eventually break free and put you, and he's going to break your ankles. It's no different than Brashab Breland. He's an aggressive player. People don't go to his side because they know what he's capable of, so they stay clear of him. We have been extremely lucky to have a Breland and a Ward. On our team, they're consistent.
1: Well, they're For very the most consistent, part,
0: especially Ward. Correct. Ward has been extremely consistent. The difference between the two is only between the two is interceptions. Breland has had interceptions, more interceptions than Ward has. But Ward, his completion percentage is a hell of a lot better. Breland is just as good. He's just mm-hmm. more aggressive. You know, I'm watching highlights of him over and over and over again in Coach's film. He's been called for ticky-tack penalties when he trips and falls and his freaking pinky-fingered uh, nail touches a guy's uh, cleat and he gets called for pass interference. Mm-hmm. That you can That's something he couldn't control, but he got called for it. That's a penalty. Okay, stop bitching about penalties. Like we've said this, I've said this, I listened to Marty Schottenheimer say it, I even told Philip Magruder this, and I think he even posted it on his page. I stood and listened to Marty say when you're playing that position, if you don't get at least one or two penalties a game, you're not doing your damn job. And that's just the way it is. Breland is an ex- aggressive player. He's still a top five CB in this league. We have Snead. We've got Baker, Ward, Breland. Who else do we got? Who's that? kid inside? Bob. I mean, the future 15. is very bright. And Mike Hughes. The future is very bright. It for is this very bright. Why not keep a guy if you can? If you know he knows the system, he can teach these younger guys how to play. Because look, Breland's twenty-nine years old. Okay, he's going to be going into his thirtieth year, uh, thirtieth birthday in this next upcoming season. So, why not keep a guy that not only has all the abilities in the world, but also is able to teach these young guys the techniques that he has? Maybe critique them a little bit more than he got because I don't think people understand his upbringing. Breland, he didn't have it that great. Okay. But he fought through his adversities mm-hmm. and he's done everything he can possibly do to become who he's become. So stops. You know, I, we put out a post about Breland and he needs to be paid. And I read some of these replies. No. He's he the
1: one who did that.
0: Well, Chris, you know what? No. really have the instinct to jump the route. Look, not only that, dude, tell me something. That was that was one of the most, and I'm going to say this, and I don't care if they get mad at me or not. That was an ignorant freaking ass statement because <laughs> I replied to this statement. Do you know how many fucking interceptions are caused because your line disrupts the quarterback? About 80% of That's them. That's kind
1: of what's supposed to happen. Exactly. And, yeah, Chris Jones did do that. But it was great
0: that Breland was there because he's been playing the league for many years. Correct. Most interceptions are caused because your line or your mid, your mid, your your secondary causes that interruption within that quarterback and makes him throw off target. So then your 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 CB, your strong safety, whoever it may be, is right there to pick up the slack. That's the point behind it. Yes, you're going to have guys out there, and I will give Marcus Peters props on this because he has been a great ball hawk and he's been able to read eyes. And mm-hmm. watch, uh, Deion Sanders was very good at it as well. Yes. There's guys out there that are great ball hawks but can't tackle. They can't block something. If something does get caught, they just, oh, lay the fuck out of him and let him run right by you. At least Breland tackles the guys. That's he true. He puts That's them true. on their back. That, is, that so, is true. Breland does tackle more than Peters. Yeah, he does. So the whole point behind this is, is that he's – you're – an interception 90, 80% of the time is caused because – of what your frontline guys do Your defensive line does Okay your first and your second group Your first and second core right there When they disrupt that quarterback That quarterback throws off target Exactly that's what's supposed to happen So everybody that said Yes Chris Jones he disrupted The quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo threw a bad pass because of that reason And Breland was right there to pick up The slack where he was supposed to be mm-hmm. And he made the interception Okay there's a lot of guys To be honest with you, that our CBs in this league ranked way above top five that would have not even been within 15 yards of that pass. They would have been somewhere else downfield or looking at a ref or whatever the case may be. He was paying attention and he saw what was coming. Mm -hmm. He watched it happen. One guy said it and I said, Well, you know what? Do me a favor. Go out there and I'd love to see you try it one time. I saw that. And then he says, Well, I'm not a whiny uh, millionaire. Crying about contracts, and I said, No, Jerry, let me say something, JP.
1: Let me say, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I get really annoyed when we have these fans want to say, Well, if I was making a million dollars, you know what, man? Look, so you're telling me you want to make a million dollars and be in the worst job possible? These players grind all their life. And to see them make millions of dollars on a bad team, yeah, you could say take the money, but they want to win. They didn't get to the league and just be satisfied. Oh, I'm getting the million dollars. They want to have the million dollars and they want to win. So it just shows me that people are kind of just talking out of the behind sometimes. They don't really understand what they're talking about because these guys want to compete too. It you just know. angers me when people are like, well, Jalen Ramsey should be complaining about wanting to leave. Jalen Ramsey's balling in was balling in Jacksonville. It was not receiving any help on the offensive nice. part. They were nice. struggling year after year after year. Aaron Rodgers is balling and making money, but he wants to win, man. He wants to go another Super Bowl. And you're told okay, yeah, he's making all that money, but he wants to win. Money comes and goes. But his name will be on that Super Bowl trophy he wins. If he can another one market, that's gonna be on the thing no matter no matter how many hundred years from now. And I'm being animated because it kind of gets annoying to me. It does people people will say this. That guy from the Broncos tore the killers. Oh, he's making millions, he'll be alright. Money does not make the pain go no, away. It Money doesn't. never makes the pain go away. I don't understand why, but look, you can make millions of dollars and be the saddest person in the world. Yep. It doesn't matter. Money does not buy happiness in the day. And it just frustrates me. People are like, oh, he's whiny millionaire, da da. You know what I mean? Maybe some of these people need to go in these players' shoes and grind ever since they were in middle school, all the way to now in the league. They are here and they want to win. And yeah, they want the money. Who doesn't want the money, JP? But they want to win.
0: They want to win. It's
1: plain and simple. And for people to continue to say, stupid stuff like oh man they're making all this money da, 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 da. you know what man you go to, to go okay I want to ask these guys what is the worst job you could ever think of and you get paid a million dollars to do that are you still doing that job or after a while are you gonna want to let out because eventually your happiness is gonna out your happiness is gonna weigh in on your decision you're gonna exactly not because exactly. look, I'm telling you right now money is not the root of everything and it can cause problems and people want to be in situations where they can have fun. Well, Do here's what best. this
0: guy's... Here, I'll tell you what. This and I'm is, this sorry you, for the rant, but this... No, no. You deserve so, to, man. Everybody, I mean, you deserve it's to. It's right? really annoying. It's fucking annoying. Now, here's what it is. We put out that post a couple of days, yesterday. Mm-hmm. It said Rashad really needs to be paid, deserves to be paid. And it's actually him intercepting the ball. And if you're watching this play, people, when he intercepts this ball, he's running towards the sidelines... Okay, at mm-hmm. pretty much a full sprint. This asswipe says, "Laugh out loud!" One of the worst interceptions ever. Almost stepped out of bounds before he secured the ball. He should have ran up field more.
1: Okay, you know what? Wait a minute, is- hold
0: on. Here's the mm-hmm. deal, though, dude. That's not even a correct statement. That's a stupid ass statement, and everybody else blasted him for it because, number one, he was running sideways. Number two, when yeah, he, he caught that ball. His legs were spread. He's watching the ball, not his feet at that point because he wanted to make sure he got the interception. He didn't step out of bounds. And if and this is what I replied to the guy. I put, one guy told him to sit his ass down. It was an interception of the Super Bowl, one of the biggest games I've seen Casey exactly. play. That helps run. you he get three play. points. Exactly. I said, let us all know when you can get, get a pick in the NFL. Would love to see it. He put back, I'm not a pro player whining about contract. I said, no, you're definitely not. You're a couch GM whining about an interception that most of the time are caused by disruption from the line that puts a quarterback in a position to make a bad throw. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is.
1: And you can look at that play and say, okay, yeah, if Breeden would have changed this, that would have been a pick six. But that doesn't matter. Breeden has played NFL for many years, and he saw that coming and got the interception. That's all that matters. Would it have been nice if the Chiefs got a pick six? Yes, but that did not happen. No, that did not didn't. happen. He got the interception that helped the Chiefs get a field goal. And that's all we needed because we didn't win that game. And it was very crucial. What If we didn't get the interception, JP, we could not. We, the Chiefs probably wouldn't have not even won the Super Bowl. That just no. shows you plays happen for a reason. You have it's to capitalize play. and really capitalize.
0: Well, you know, and these guys, like I said, they're, you know, they, they talk a lot of shit. They run their mouths from the couch. They've never played a sport. I guarantee it. And if they did, they sucked at it. Because if they don't know any more than what they're speaking on Twitter, then they shouldn't speak, and they definitely shouldn't watch sports. Because this is something that, as we've said time and time again on this show, it's one of the hardest positions to ever play. and In fact, in my opinion, the hardest position to play. And you're sitting here bitching because he didn't run upfield another half a yard? Well, get your fat ass off the couch and go try it. Let me see you go out there. And try to keep your eye on seven different things and still intercept the ball. And, and that's try to another keep- thing. Yeah. Breland is not a man corner. He
1: plays in Spag's offense where he has to cover two different parts of the field sometimes. I mean, exactly. I with when no Breland, help sometimes. Breland, well, when Breland got an interception against Tom Brady, the first time, no, again, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, that year when they played Tom Brady, he got the interception. People were like, oh, Breland was out of was out of code, duh, 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 duh. No, Breland was actually in the right space covering two different defenders. Exactly. And he was able to get the interception. So people need to actually not make assumptions about the tape and actually hear what the coaches have to say and study for themselves because you really think he's going to be put in that situation? Yes, Breland's gotten burnt before. It happens every cornerback. Every Dion got burnt. Jalen Ramsey got burnt. Yeah. I mean, Trayvon Diggs gets burned, But look, he was there in the right place at the right time.
0: So Makes he no knows what sense. he's doing. And here's Some the people... thing, man, mm-hmm. these guys want to bit I'm sorry to, mean to cut you off, but these guys bitch the... and complain about a sport that they could they couldn't get in. If they they can't even it's hard for them enough to get into the nosebleed section to watch the game, much less play the game. And yet they're bitching about something they could have never even thought about playing. If you're, you're an case. NFL player for a reason, yes. these guys are NFL players for a reason.
1: As much as it pained me to see Phillip Gaines out there, he grinded to get there. And I know people don't like Phillip Gaines, and, hey, he wasn't my favorite player to watch, especially after he let that interception go through his hands. against the Steelers week six in the 2017 season. Hey, he grinded and got to the NFL at that point. So, look, props to him. You're going to have guys who get in the NFL and struggle. He obviously just wasn't good in Sutton system. Maybe he would have been better in SPAC system. But at the end of the day, these
0: guys get here for a reason. And how many guys would be better than, out of set in the situation? I mean, Marcus Peters probably would have been better in Spags' situation if he'd just changed his attitude, which he probably would have if he'd had Spags. as a He would have been able to ball
1: hawk a little bit more, possibly.
0: I Well, I think so. he'd just played the position. But more he wanted to of, get paid, and the he Chiefs wanted to, to, to get paid, yeah. and he wanted to also he wanted to play it on his terms instead of the terms of what the position really entails. Mm -hmm. And the position entails more than just interceptions. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You have to be able to... You're a multifaceted player in that position. Now, here's another thing that I brought up. Yes, we have... Hughes, we've got Baker, we've got Breland, well...
1: Hughes
0: now. Hughes, I should say. talk about him. Yeah, we got Hughes, which is a great player. People want to underestimate him. But somebody said... Well, Breeland's not a slot. You he, know doesn't what? slot. He, doesn't he doesn't play slot. He doesn't play slot. But you know what's funny about it? It's that three of the five CBs that we have can play slot. Yeah. So what does it matter if he plays slot or not?
1: And let me just say this, JP. Beach on the defensive end, Beach. defensive line. He finds defensive players that can play all over the line. Cornerback, yeah, he, he finds players that can pl- who can play every position in cornerback for the most part. Same thing goes for a linebacker. Beach just doesn't get a guy just because he gets him. He gets him because they are versatile. That means they can play multiple than one position on right. set line. Prime example, Tyron Matthew can play safety, free safety. He can play cornerback. He could possibly play in the slot if they need him at one yeah. point. That yeah. means he's versatile. He can come down the box. I mean, Tyron Matthew is just that great of a corner. I mean, just that great of a safety that can play many different positions if exactly. needed.
0: And you got that. And you could see the same thing when he. With Noah Gray, you can see the same thing with um, with Tyree Kill because he can play special teams, he can play a, a running back, he can play a wide receiver. There's so many different things he can do. The tight end that we just picked up, uh, what's his, I just said his name and I now spaced it off. Noah Gray. Noah Gray. Okay, he can play fullback, he can play tight end, he can play wide receiver, he can do a lot. He's a multifaceted player. Veach is finding guys that can fill shoes in different positions than other than what they're... Title calls them okay. What their title entails,
1: you need that's... versatile players in the NFL. Man, if you just have, and I know that's one reason kind of thinking, hey, if you get Julio Jones, they're gonna probably cut someone like D Rop because that's frustrating though. Because D Rop plays wide receiver, but he can also play special teams. Julio's not gonna play special teams, no, so they're gonna have to find someone else. But sometimes you have to make the moves necessary. Yeah. And Julio Jones can help this team on offense yeah. a lot more than what can happen. So I'm not really worried. But you need to find versatile players, especially in the draft, because when you do that, it makes your world so much easier. You can plug it and does. go sometimes.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it's just to me, it's just it's too much to listen to sometimes. And, you know, you got these guys out. That- here posting NFLPA numbers and shit like that, then all the fans seem to think that's all the money we're gonna have. That's all the money we ever have. It's 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 a it's a vicious cycle. The media causes a lot of this problem, and it's a vicious cycle. There's some of these guys are great guys. Don't get me wrong, and then some of them. Just post shit to post it so well, they can and
1: get actually this is kind of funny, JP, because Jake Jacobs put out the cheese have nine million dollars in cap. Someone someone quoted the tweet and said in beach dogs isn't that he's quoted someone quoted the tweet and he said in Beach Dogs isn't that like four trillion. It and is. And Nick retweeted it because Nick Jacobs understands, yeah, that's kind of a set number. But Beach can make anything happen. Anything is possible with Veach.
0: Now here's the anything. thing. If I would have put that post out if I would have put now, that's just this is just me. Mm-hmm. If I would have put that post out that said, according to the NFLPA, the Chiefs have $9.78 million left, but in Veach's numbers, that really means nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how I would have worded that or something of that effect. Not just that we have because you have fans out here and we see it all day long, every day, especially with the stuff that you and I put out daily that fans see one thing they don't even read the entire post they see one thing and they never look backwards they never look forward they never remember what happened last week all they see is that number right there so if it would have been me i would have put yes the Chiefs, in retrospect have 9.78 million dollars left but that can change immediately with beach that can change with the trade That can change in many different ways. There's so many other ways of wording it because all this does is stir up controversy that everybody has to defend. And then you have guys out there that want to put out something so blatantly stupid as, well, we're going to sign Julio Jones. And then, no, we're not going to get Julio Jones on another tweet, same person. And then an hour and a half later, oh, we're the dark horse. What the fuck either you're in or you're out if you don't know, don't say it for Christ's well, sake man. And that's
1: one thing I've kind of noticed so people have been back back have been going back and forth from the Julio Jones and I feel like people should take more of a definite stance because I think it's possible and I'm gonna go into the crowd that says it's gonna happen. Because with each anything is possible. Now, I can understand because there's so much misinformation going out there. that I know people are coming across and it's making them change their assumption. But as I just read, the Chiefs had $9 million in cash space. Someone said, isn't that $4 trillion of money? That's yeah. basically kind of what it is. So, look, we just need to sit back and see. At least we know. Kansas City's doing their due diligence and there's a chance.
0: Yeah, and now, uh, basically those... what, you're, what that's saying to uh-huh. me is if, if you were, okay, and I know this would say this to you and most Intelligent Chiefs fans, going, I would look backwards, okay, I would look back to uh let's say January, I'm sorry, let's just say February 15th of 2021 and we were $17 million, $14 million under the cap, mm-hmm. Okay. And then a month later, we were thirty-seven million dollars in the in the black. Okay, it, I would say okay, so four million dollars, or we got nine million dollars. That's okay. That's great. We got nine million, so that could easily turn into eighteen to twenty million in about five mm-hmm. minutes with each. Mm-hmm. But instead, people go, "Well, fuck, we can't, we can't do this, we can't do that." Oh, we got is nine million dollars. No, that's not the case. There's so many different variables. We can sign Breland. And, and if we wanted to, we could sign Julio Jones with the right structure right now and still have $9 million sitting in cap space. It's how if you work with the numbers. It's all in how you work with the numbers. And as far as I'm concerned, Breland needs to come back. And if we sign Julio Jones, that's fantastic. I hope we do. But right now, my focus is, and our all, everybody's focus should be the same, make this team better. Let's do what we have to do, or let's say let me, let me rephrase that. Let Veach does what, do what he has to do to make this team better because he's always let done Beach, his work. Let him do his job. Worry about thinking you know how to do his job because if you did, you'd be in that fucking war room, not him. So let's leave it at that. One th- last thing I want to say before we wrap it up. I want Rashad Breeland to stay on this team. I believe he said he adds so much value to this team that people don't see because all they see is, you know, they look through these blinders and they see one thing and one thing only, but they're not looking at the broad picture of this, the broad spectrum of all of this. They're not looking at the big picture. Breland brings a lot to this team. He brings a shit ton to the table. He's done a lot for this community that he did not grow up in, yeah, he helps. He does a lot. He goes helps. I forgot. I think the team is central in Kansas
1: City. He, he right did, went out and helped team. Central High School. Yeah, he—he's. I mean, he's a—he's a model citizen. He, he helps anyone. He's spreading the knowledge and the wealth of in the game to other kids. And that's awesome. You don't see some players do
0: this. No, they only do it within their hometown. And
1: I would say this too. And I feel like the reason why it's getting highlighted, because when Marcus Peters was in Kansas City, he was doing stuff and all the media, Kansas City media was focusing on the bad. And I think people kind of finally bashed him enough. They realize, oh, well, we need to focus on the good that the players do because there exactly. is some good. Because Marcus Peters over in Kansas was making sure kids had school supplies and giving them fares
0: and stuff to go to. Exactly. I mean, as bad as, you know, Marcus Peters had his issues, and I'm nobody can deny that, but he still tried to help people because he it didn't exactly. the best either. Okay, so give these people a break. Was I a huge Marcus Peters fan at the end? No, I was not. But I will say, and I will respect this man for what he's done in Kansas City and what he did for Kansas City as a community, okay, as a group, in a group effort, he did a lot for the community. So is Brashad Breeland. Okay? So people need to take note of this because every year has been a one-year contract. But he didn't... So, in my opinion, if he, did, if he was a five, six-year contract guy, a lifer, that was guaranteed that he was going to be here for the next five or six years, okay. Yes, he does think for the community he's going to live in for the next five, six years. But he's been one year, one year, one year, one year. Every... And he's still doing things for this community that he doesn't have to do. Most guys in his position would be back where they grew up at every offseason, doing whatever they could do for their community only, and screw the place that gave him the one-year contract. But he's helping us just as much as he's he helps everybody else. He
1: spreads the love around. He helps yes, everyone he, he can. And Breland's a great guy. He, he does stuff guy. in his hometown, and he's doing stuff helping here. Because I think he wants to be a coach. And I can see him working with those players and seeing what they say about him. They respect him. I think Brendan will become a great coach
0: and will become a great one one day. Oh, man. Can you imagine? I I, I 100% agree with you, and I think he'd be a great CB coach, and he'd be a great safety coach as well. I think he would help in both areas because he knows both positions, and I think he'd be great at that. So everybody give the man a break. If he wants to vent on Twitter, who gives a shit? Let yeah, him let him
1: vent. Don't. Yeah, let him vent because at the end of the day, everyone's trying to speculate. Half the time, I think it's kind of funny when players kind of vent on social media. They think it's about the team. And they it's do. about something completely different. It and is. it's kind of funny when these players call them out because these people are just nosy. Yeah. They're not going to tell you what's going on in their
0: life. No, it's they're just they're like when Tyron says something. They're they're every time Tyron Matthews says something, oh, God, I'm are like, you leaving? This is Are you leaving? Stop. Don't leave. I just bought your jersey. I just bought your jersey. Don't leave. What am I going to do with your jersey now? Fuck off. Just grow up and let the man vent. That's what they do. They don't have an outlet most of the time, so they're able to do it in a way that they can do it. If he says something or anyone else, unless they flat out come out and say, God, I hate this freaking team. I don't don't want to be here. Then shut the hell up and let him vent. Don't sit there and speculate and then start calling him names because you think you know what they're saying when you have absolutely no clue what the hell they're talking about. Just like the guy that keeps saying, oh, well, Bishaba just wants his money. He just wants his money. He just wants his money. You don't know what the hell he wants. In retrospect, from what I understand and what I've been told, he wants a year contract with the Chiefs. That's what he wants. So get off his back. Let the man talk. End of story fuck, we've got a Super Bowl team for the next freaking 10 years. Be happy with what you've got because we rode this wave when a lot of you 20-year-olds and 18-year-olds that are bitching about this weren't around when we rode this shit wave. So just please be respectful of these guys. They're human beings as well. They deserve the respect. Go on there and say, hey, we're happy to have you. Every time one of those guys posts something, First thing I say is, we're happy to have you. Thank we're you glad for being you're
1: here. You. We appreciate you being it. Here. And if you go, we will still respect you. Exactly. I
0: mean, seriously, these people are humans at the end of the day, too. Damn right. With that being said, this is going to be called The Rant Show because I had to rant, you had <laughs> to rant. And that's what this is. The Brashad Breland, Julio Jones. Saga. Julio Jones Rant Show is what this is. So, guys, be prepared because it's coming. I hope, uh, you know, you can get mad if you want you can understand it if you want or you can just go back in your mom's basement and bitch and cry and have her make you some freaking ramen noodles i don't really care at this point this is the truth this is how it's going to be this is how the nfl works if you don't like the fact that they're millionaires don't watch football if you're pissed because you're not a millionaire find something that'll make you one you hate your world change your world it's that simple but don't try to make somebody else's miserable because you're not happy in yours with that being said, that's all that's all we got for tonight. Um, hey, have a great night, Cheese Kingdom, and a great rest of your week. Peace See you out. next time, Cheese.
1: See you next time, Cheese Kingdom.